We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. RJ Barrett's pink suit he wore to the draft, as well as the formal wear he's been wearing for tunnel walks, are all Indochino suits and blazers. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. Everything is made for your exact measurements for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in just two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. This is an incredible deal made for, with made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. You are listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode today brought to you by Indochino, by Harry's Razors, and by ShipStation. Guys, we have almost the whole squad with us today. I am joined by Taylor. Go Chiefs, Didn't the Chiefs like, beat up. the crap out of the, the Raiders today? 
They well, destroy the Raiders. Congratulations. Sorry, Raider fans. Uh, we are joined. So let's turn to the <laughs> guy whose football team is not good. What's up, Nick? Well, only <laughs> so much you can do with three-star recruits. Oh, I was talking about the Dallas Cowboys, but. Hey, they're still going to make the playoffs, pal. <laughs> oh, uh, And we got Kamiar, who's, I guess, his NFL team did well today. Yeah, they won with a guy whose name is Duck, and so that's good. Um, but I'm I bet more... I bet it just auto corrected on the back <laughs> of his jersey. Yep. Um, and uh, you know the Sooners they they won in Bedlam, so it's been a good weekend. But I wanted the Steelers to lose because I can't stand to watch them play that much anymore. But hey, the Thunder won against the Pelicans two straight hey. games in a row. And then you got me. I'm Jacob. They did. Hey, uh, so if you have not already, you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find us literally anywhere you download your podcast. So please make sure you go and you subscribe so you get these podcasts delivered straight to your phone every time we record, which is new pods every Monday and after every OKC Thunder game, all 82 of them. So make sure you get on that. While you're there, drop us a five-star rating. That would mean a lot. You can also find us at bluewirepods.com. All right, guys. Well, Kamiya already led us into it a little bit. But let's jump into some Thunder talk. So they played the Pelicans today on Sunday. Uh, another win. So they've beaten the Pelicans in back-to-back games now. Puts the Thunder at 8-11 and 11 on the season. However, six of those eight wins have come against the Pelicans and the Warriors. Two teams that are, if we're being honest, they're pretty daggum bad in the Western Conference and in the NBA Thunder now just a half game back of the eighth seed in the West. I know it's early, but so far, if we had to evaluate the season, we're 19 games in, right? So so roughly right around that 25% mark. If you had to evaluate this team so far, what are your thoughts? What are your issues? What are your concerns? Uh, what things are going positive? Uh, just lay it all out to bear. What are you guys thinking so far? I think this team lost two superstars and they're not the best. I think that's a good evaluation right now. Yeah. No, they're definitely middle of the pack uh, team, maybe less than that in the Western Conference as crazy as as it is, as we talked about a lot on here. But um, one thing I will point out is like, obviously you can't control the schedule. And so then beating teams that they're supposed to, like the Jazz, or not the Jazz, goodness, the uh, Warriors and the Pelicans is a good thing. And they're doing it consistently. Also, and the reason I said Jazz is because I pulled up the schedule and I'm going through some of these games here. Like the Jazz game, they lost by five on the season opener. Lost by four against the Rockets. Three against the Trailblazers. They lost by like two against the Bucks. Um, two against the Clippers. Th- those are the best teams in the league and they're competing and, and playing really well. And I think I mentioned this after like the Clippers game or one of these games. It's really best case scenario because they're remaining competitive. They're a solid team with some great players. But they're still losing these games, which is really important uh, for for us in terms of draft picks. Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, a lot of these games that have come down to the wire have not gone in Oklahoma City's favor. We could very easily be sitting here talking about the Thunder being, you know, eleven and eight if some of those games would have gone the other direction. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, if you That's kind of point. if you kind of wash those out and consider, you know, if half went one way, half went the other, instead of all going negatively. This team would be right around 500, and I think that we all were kind of, you know, coming into this season thinking they'll be a 500 team until they finally start to ship off some of these guys like Gallo and CP3. Uh, So I think overall, you know, record or not, just the way they're playing overall has been, you know, on par with what we thought. 
Yeah, and Nick, you bring up a good point there that, you know, those games that were so close, if they're not all losses and you split them, the record looks a lot better. But I think the counter-argument to that is they beat the Pelicans the other night just by a few. They beat the Pelicans today just by a few. Uh, They went to overtime and beat Philly. So I I think we look at those close losses and say, oh, if they would have just won like half of those. But they also have won games that, were close as well, if that makes sense, right? So I, I know they're losing close games, True. but they're also winning close games as well. So I think the counter argument argument to that would be that they are kind of splitting those games already. So maybe this team, this record, honestly, I think this record is a pretty good reflection of what this team is right now, which, like Kamiar mentioned, is a team yep. that shipped off two superstars and a really good player in Jeremy Grant. They have a lot of young guys soaking up minutes, uh, they have an aging star in Chris Paul, and they have their center, who is supposed to be really, really good this season, who has not lived up to preseason expectations. Uh, looks like he might be rounding into form a little bit here now, but to me, the record is pretty reflective of what the team is right now. Yeah, I- and and another thing you got to consider outside of CP3 and Gallo, there's nobody over the age of 30. After them, you're looking at Muscala, who's That's 28, uh, Nader, Adam, and a couple other guys that are 26. I mean, so once, uh, you know, if, if things go like people think they may go, where Gallo and CP3 could both be moved this year, you're looking at a team with zero guys over 30, which kind of goes back to the point of a lot of those those close games at the end. Like you said, there have been some that the Thunder have won. There's been others they've lost. I think that, um, you know, with such a young team, that's kind of expected. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, so, I don't know. It's, the season is going about as I thought it would. I think for a lot of Thunder fans, the the season is is going poorly. And uh, and I don't know. It's just like I, I don't think we should have expected anything besides them being 8-11 and 11 right now. I mean, we talked about how awful their right. schedule was early on anyways. Right, so they're about to get to the soft part of that schedule. Uh, conveniently, the soft part of that schedule arrives whenever all the players in the league will be eligible to be traded again. So, uh, you know, so if you tr- that's interesting, you get the softer part of the schedule. But then, if you lose some of your best players in trades, um, that soft part of the schedule isn't necessarily soft anymore. It's still going to be difficult because you have less good players on your team. Remember that one time OKC lost one of their best players in a trade and now he uh, he's playing and starting for Portland, Carmelo Anthony? Uh, we'll get there. Mello. Well, Nick's on the podcast, so we kind of have to talk about Melo. So speaking of the Thunder, their record, kind of what direction they're moving, um, there's been a lot of talk. If you are part of... Uh, a Thunder fan, part of the Thunder fan base on any social media platform. If you're on Reddit, uh, if you're in some of those Facebook groups, God bless your soul. If you're on some of those, holy freaking shit. <laughs> uh, oh my. Facebook I saw, groups. Quick oh. aside, I saw somebody post on this Thunder Facebook group during that Golden State Warriors game last week that said, um, if the Thunder lose this game, they better fire Sam Presti. And I was just like, man, oh, this is boy. such an enjoyable place to be at right now. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag olds. olds. Um, on, but if, even if you're you're part of the Thunder community on Twitter, lots and lots and lots of talk 
about quote unquote tanking and what tanking means and if it's a viable strategy uh, and and people with their very strong opinions, uh, some of them not very grounded in like data. But with all that being said, the the Thunder are not going to make the playoffs this year. And, and if you want to argue they're tanking or not, kind of what is your guys's what 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 is your idea of the best way the Thunder can continue this season? Is it to just completely bottom out, lose as many games as possible, and end up with one of the the best odds to get the number one pick? Is it to kind of stay competitive like they are right now, where they're in almost every game, where they're winning some of them? Stay competitive until the trade deadline, then ship everybody out and try to tank. Is it to make a run for that eighth seed if they possibly can? What Ideally, what does the Thunder do the rest of this season that you think will be best for the team? I'll go first. I'll go first on this I because I'm probably oh, yeah, different than a lot of people. Um, I think you know, for the fan base, for morale, for ticket sales, for keeping guys in the locker room that want to be there, you've got to stay somewhat competitive. I mean, we'll touch on this later, but, you know, we're at the Thunder on track for a 35-win season. Um, I think, personally, best-case scenario, you float around the 8 to 10, 11 seed range for the entire season. Uh, you're, you're a few games back from, you know, quote-unquote a playoff contender. Morale stays up somewhat. Games stay interesting. People keep watching. And then at the trade deadline, you dump everybody for assets and and completely bottom out from there. Um, especially with the, the lottery odds changing, we can talk about that as well. It's not as easy as just tanking, uh, being the worst team in the league, and automatically getting the number one pick. Um, so I, I I just don't see the benefit of completely bottoming out all season, losing the fan base. You know, as as a Oklahoma City Thunder fan base, these people have never you know, had a season other than the inaugural season in which they were just horrible all year. So I, I say the best case scenario is stay competitive, keep the players somewhat happy, keep them, you know, in the locker room wanting to stick around and then bottom out late in which you're, you know, a bottom 10 team, bottom eight team when the season's over, but you were competitive up to that point. Yeah, no, I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say, Nick. And I'm with you 100%. I think the only thing that I would add on to that is uh, while remaining competitive, you have to keep in mind you also have some young players currently on the team. You know, we, we often get caught up in all these draft picks that we have, and rightfully so, but you have Shea Gilders Alexander, Darius Baisley, Terrence Ferguson, Hamdou Diallis, a lot of these guys who, particularly Baisley and Shea, will probably be cornerstones moving forward with this organization. And is it really in their best interest and their best or in their development as a whole um, to be tanking games and losing games and not being competitive? Like I feel like they're getting great experience right now in some of these close games, learning from vets like Chris Paul, Gallinari, and others. Since obviously Stephen, um, I think this has been huge for them and their, their their development. Even if Shea's been struggling recently, even if Baisley struggled some, I think this is great for them. So um, you know, it, I think. On the other side of that, you think of guys like Devin Booker and the Suns or like Kevin Knox and young guys like that um, with the Knicks and like organizations who have been tanking and haven't played well. Even Nerlens Noel, right, with the Sixers. Like it not always is in their best interest either. Yeah, so I, I, guess I would argue against that, that though. That. I'm like, 100% with you. I don't think it's the – like Devin Booker is still a really good player. Like Nerlens Noel was just yeah. kind of a bust for a top five guy, right? But I don't think it's, it's right. the fact that their team's lost – that you could say like their development was stunted. I think their development was stunted because they were just 
on a shit organization, right? Like like the Knicks are just perpetually yeah, awful. True. True. The Suns have like ran their organization the into the dirt repeatedly, and you know, and now look at the Suns. They're they're a pretty solid team because they have actual NBA players and they have a competent coach. Uh, their front office still might not be great, but you know, Finally. so <laughs> I think Oklahoma City, the the front office, the coaching staff, I think they have the culture of fostering like player development um, and and competitiveness and and driving and getting those players to advance and become better basketball players. And I don't think. Uh, the the end score on the scoreboard at the end of the night is going to change if the player is going to get better or not. Uh, now I understand the idea of like if they're in competitive games that are close down to the wire, that's good experience because it's like meaningful basketball. But you know what? Every first and second quarter and most of every third quarter is meaningful as well. Uh, so so I sure. I don't really subscribe to that idea. But I'm with you guys in the fact that. I don't really have a preference when they trade Gallo and when they trade Chris Paul and when they trade Dennis Schroeder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just when you have the best option available, the best package available, you go and you get it. And if that is trading Schroeder and Gallinari before Christmas time and making this team suck, then by all means, go and do it. Um, Will it affect ticket sales? Eh, Maybe a little bit, right? But it's people are fickle. And people will go to games when the team's good, and they won't go to won't go to games when the team is bad. So, the the quicker you get a good team, the 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 quicker the arena fills up again, and you get a good team by getting top draft picks. So, I'm with you guys in the fact that I want to see the Thunder being like the bottom eight in the NBA this year. That way, they can get a high draft pick and hopefully trade it up to the top five if they don't win lottery odds and land it in the top five already. Uh, to me, you can't look at this season on a micro level and look at it game by game and season by season. You have to zoom out and look at it from you know, 60,000 feet and see that this is a bump in the road and you have to be bad now for, long, for the, the longevity of the program moving forward. Long-term success, yeah. No, Jacob, you mentioned trades, and I came across a really interesting stat that Alex Kennedy uh, of Hoops Hype tweeted out today. He said it's been 137 days since the last NBA trade, which is the longest drought since 1968, wow. excluding the lockout. The last trade to go down was the Russell Westbrook-Chris Paul deal back in July. And uh, they, they went and talked to some execs and stuff. And basically it's the same thing that you know I think that we would come up with and that literally half the league changed teams, so nobody's yeah, trade and even, eligible and until the December. other thing of that is— So it makes me wonder— Well, yeah, maybe, but they're also like you're still evaluating like guys saying. fit on your team because so many players traded hands, right? That's exactly what he said as well. That's interesting you bring that up. Yep. So it's yep, it's, exactly. it's a weird balance. Um, but, you know, like I saw somebody on Twitter said, they don't need to tank. Losing's for losers, which was like the uh, <laughs> top 10 quote. Um, <laughs> yes, but the uh, idea awesome. is the, the, the best way for you to get a competitive team that can push for another championship is to get top five picks who turn into all-stars and all-NBA players. And you get top five picks from being bad. So at some point they have to be bad to get those top five picks. So my viewpoint is do it now. Suck now, maybe suck next year, get top five picks. And then the rest of the picks that you have from Houston and the Clippers and your own and Miami and whatever else package those to try to get more top five picks. 
and build this thing back up. Yeah, no, exactly. Kamiar, do you have any other differing opinions from what we've just yelled about? I mean, like, I I don't think fan, like, yeah, the fan base may waver a little bit, but literally there's nothing to do in Oklahoma City, and that's one of the reasons why Oklahoma City got built up was because of the Thunder, and, like, when they came to OKC, like, there was, remember when all Oklahoma City had was the Blazers and the Spaghetti and Warehouse. The yeah, they had Spaghetti Warehouse and <laughs> the uh, the Hornets and Chris Paul came to town and that they the arena filled up and the Hornets weren't even they weren't that great. They're actually middle of the road like this Thunder team is, uh, but that arena was full every night. And this team, everybody knows that they're gonna fire sale this entire team eventually. And the arena isn't as full as it when it had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and uh, Paul George. No, but like the arena is still like it's still pretty good. The size is still pretty good as far as the crowd. It and, was a really good crowd Friday night when I was there. Yeah, like and, and I'm saying like I've been to other yeah. arenas and I've been to the I've been to a Pelicans game and like it is dead. Like you guys go back and look at it on TV. There's like nobody in the seats and. Like, that is what we're talking about as far as, like, nobody showing up. And that's just, like, a cultural thing or something because they haven't supported them when they were good or when they're not going to be that great. Like, they have a, a core of really young players, especially, like, maybe people are waiting for Zion to show up. No, that's just how that fan base is. They don't show up to games. So I think, like, people are like, oh, the fans are going to show up if they suck. No, there's nothing else to do. Like, it's like, oh, let's go see a blue game. No, the tickets are about the same price now because, like, the team's not going to be great. So I'm not worried about I'm not worried about the fan base not supporting it just because now it means like poor people can go watch the game so the stadium will fill up even more so who cares Yeah I'm I'm just uh, curious you know right now you know what is it 19 games in there's still kind of hope that the team will will have some more success but whenever the team is 20 and 40 what will the the seats look like you know They'll be all wearing Shea Gilgis yeah, Alexander like a random jerseys Tuesday because night that's game. the only jersey you should buy right now. Shea Gilgis Alexander or Barrett Baisley. Nobody else is safe. Yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. And <laughs> that's so true. I, I went on a Twitter rant with this the other day, but kind of kind of circling this back home, circling the wagons back around to our original discussion there is like, I don't even know why you would want this team to make the playoffs this year. We've watched this team get skull drug for the past three years in the playoffs. Houston, Utah, Portland just got their ass beat, right? And that was with future like Hall of Famers in Russell Westbrook and Paul George. So if if they if they got skull drug in the playoffs, what happens if this team sneaks into the eighth seed, like without Danilo Gallinari and without Dennis Schroeder? Is four more games where you just yep. watch your team get their ass beat? Brutal. Like, does that mean that much to you? You know, like particularly yeah. in terms so, of so like you make the playoffs, you get the fifteenth like, pick, get the one and you watch picks. your team get the shit beat out of them for four games, or you miss the playoffs, <laughs> get a top ten pick, and you know how longer have to to witness the bludgeoning. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Like. Yeah. I agree completely. I kind of want to see like them tank because Shea Gilchrist Alexander will play meaningful minutes in the fourth quarter where the ball's in his hands and he has to make the decisions and not Chris Paul. Exactly. I'm 
on board with that. You know, and Taylor talked about meaningful minutes and and development. You know how Kevin Durant and James Harden and Russell Westbrook got meaningful minutes? They played games where they got their ass beat and they had their the ball in their hands and had to to do stuff and make decisions and make shots. Like we saw it, yep. we saw it even tonight down in crunch That's time so again, true. and we saw it the other day in OKC in crunch time again with the Pelicans, where they, um, you know, Shea get Shea would get the ball and he would make a couple moves, get in the lane, and maybe not have the shot he looked, uh, the shot he wanted anyways, and the look he wanted, so he would pass it off to Chris, and they would go and he would go and get a bucket actually in mid range. So when Chris is not an option, when Schroeder's not an option, when Gallinari is not an option. When he is the option, um, he's gonna have to make that that play. And like Billy Donovan said, like it's good that he's struggling because it's gonna make him a better player. Kind of like Donovan Mitchell in his first year in the league. People forget Shea just Shea is literally a second year player, and this is his first year starting like actual thirty like six minutes a game. So he's gonna have bumps in the road still. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, speaking of that, let's let's jump on to talking about Shea a little bit because after the first ten games of the season, he's He's cooled off a bit. Um, his field goal attempts are down. His field goal percentage, his three-point percentage, uh, everything across the board pretty much is down for him after those first 10 games. Taylor, is that something that you worry about? Um, or or do you see it correcting itself? How do you feel about Shea starting the season so hot and then now really starting to cool off a bit? So Comrie referred to it, but Billy talk, kind of talked about this and talked about how good it is for his development, having to overcome these roadblocks and stuff. I honestly think it is good for him and his growth. Um, Jacob, you were the first one to really kind of mention it to me. But I I really think it's, it's good for him in terms of, like, I mean, he's got to work on his jumper. These, they, they're guarding him completely different. I think you mentioned that earlier, Jacob. These guys are playing off of him and, and causing him to put the ball or wanting him to put the ball on the floor and drive to the rim where they're waiting and, and have shot blockers ready. They know he's going to pump fake on that three-point shot and then try and go by the defenders. They've scouted him. So it's good for him to kind of add to his game as well. Like he's got to break that habit of of pump thinking on a three every single time before driving to the rim. And it's just going to help him, I think, develop as a player. So I'm all for it, um, whether that's him kind of honing in on his jump shot or whether that's you know learning to be a little more active off ball whatever it may be. And I think this is a good challenge for Billy as well to find ways to uh, to get Shea where he can succeed when teams are, are kind of guarding him differently now. Like, what's Billy going to do? And how's he going to adjust to help Shea develop? Because that's part of his job as well, particularly with Shea Lane being 20 years old and being a second-year player like Kamiar just said. So uh, I'm not worried. Uh, I'm not worried long-term. I think this is really good and healthy for his development and for the franchise, honestly. And I at this point, I'm just really curious to see how Shea and Billy both kind of adjust and, and use this to to better both Shea and the team. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The The way teams are guarding him is quite different than it was the first 10 games of the season. I think he's higher up on a lot of teams' uh, scouting reports now. Absolutely. I mean, scouting you know, reports, like you mentioned, yep. his field goal exactly. attempts are falling off a bit, but um, and I haven't checked the stats on this as of late, but, you know, last week when I was looking at some of the stats, he was leading the team in field goal attempts and that's only going to continue to rise as guys get traded off but um for a guy that's taking the most attempts on the team of course he's going to be high on the scouting report and and teams realize that he's going to pump fake a lot of those threes and you saw it today a lot of the the pelicans players when shea caught the ball on the wing 
uh, it wasn't a hard closeout. It was more of a we dare you to shoot it kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that as well. And that's one place where I've always thought, not always thought, but recently thought he can grow in, is instead of constantly looking to catch at the three-point line and get a blow-by, you have to make them commit, and you make them commit by shooting that shot and making it. So he's got to be more trigger-happy on those threes. He's got to catch and fire those things up. And we've seen that he can make them pretty consistently. Didn't shoot it well tonight. He's kind of been in a slump, but... The more he shoots that three, the harder teams will close out. And the harder they close out, that's the easier it is for him to drive by. He needs to get that Dennis Schroeder confidence to sling it anytime he catches it. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. So Dennis has actually led the team in field goal attempts. He didn't today, but I think prior to tonight, it was like the last three games or something like that. And I hate that for – look, I don't, don't get me wrong. Schroeder's been great for this team, and it's been huge for some of these wins. But – I'd rather see some of those shots go to Shea. Or like, for example, Steven barely touched the ball from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, and he was fantastic tonight. Like, more of those shots I'd love to see go to guys like Steven and Shea and even Baisley. You know, so here, I got a question for, for you real quick. Purposes. Um, all right, and this is for all three of you. Yep. Uh, a gun to your head, loaded, cocked, ready to go. Your brains are going to get blown out. The only way your life is saved one of these two things has to happen. Which one is more likely? Hamadou Diallo makes a free throw blindfolded or Dennis Schroeder completes a lob pass in an NBA game. Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with Hami. Dennis <laughs> Schroeder just throws that rough. thing all over the place, man. Rough. It's ugly. Ugh. Nick, what are you going with? Are you, are you going yeah, with the Hami free like throw out, or Schroeder finishing a lob? Uh, I've seen some bad lobs that guys like Steve and Nerlens are able to pull off, so I'm, I'm going with the fact that it's, it's a two-man game on the lob and, and one of these guys is going to catch a bad pass. That's a good point. Kamiar? I mean, a lot of what you're doing at the free-throw line is just like motor skills and, and like memory motions. Yeah, muscle memory. So, so uh, I would say if you're like... I don't even know Diallo's percentage, but his shot isn't busted at the free throw line, which is weird because his shot, his his J is busted, um, but his free throw line stroke isn't too bad. So I'm gonna go with the the uh, the lob because I don't I don't get it. As a point guard, you're like one of the best passers, or should be the best passer on the team, and this man like can't lob it up in the air like that. That blows my it's mind. It's bad. It is bad. Like. It's almost to the point where if he attempts a lob, I'm just like, you should sit him right now. Just sit him and tell him, no, don't do yep. that. Slap his hand. Yep. <laughs> yeah, bad it's, Dennis. Oh gosh, sit. it's bad. Um, okay, well, talking about Schroeder, we've done done a thought experiment in the past on who Schroeder should be traded to, or or what's the best Schroeder trade package. But we've been talking about when this team makes the trades, right? When they start trading guys away. So, Gallinari, Chris Paul. Nerlens Noel, Dennis Schroeder. What do you guys see as the best fits around the league where those guys may get dealt to? Or 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 is there one? Or is one team a good candidate for multiple of those players? I really don't have much to like I don't have specific teams for these guys, but 
Gallo, CP3, Nerlens, and Schroeder, these are all guys that teams would want if they wanted to win now. These are guys that maybe they feel like could push them over the edge. Even right. with the Nerlens as like an auxiliary piece, but this is a guy that could really help you if you're lacking you know, in shot blocking, for example. If you're the Celtics, uh, you could plug Nerlens in there and you could be you could have a really good defense, whereas they have Ennis Cantor right now or Tyser. I don't think Tyser Tice, Tice is the Suns now, right? It's the other. No, uh, they have um, Baines is with the Suns. Baines. And so they still have Tice, yeah, right? Yeah, Aaron Baines, yep. So, like, he, Tice right. is not Nerlens Noel. In Nerlens, you can, honestly, you could put him on guys that are quicker. Like, Nerlens tonight, even on Brandon Ingram, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't feel bad about this. So, yeah. I mean, like, the, the Celtics, Celtics could use Nerlens, like, a lot. And so. All these guys would be dudes that you think could push you over the edge. Gallo definitely just—he's a starting guy, and he's a guy that can fill up the cup at like a high clip, at you know, in an efficient way. CP3, um, like I said, you want to get traded to a winner, play better. Uh, like I don't think because like oh you can say you because we talked about this before we even start recording. Oh, we can collect those checks. I think he just wants to earn the money. I think he wants to win something. Um, I don't see him being like, yeah, I'm going to settle my family down in Oklahoma City for the rest of my career and call it quits. That doesn't seem CP3-like to me because he seems pissed after wins and losses. So that doesn't make sense to me. He yeah. wants to win. He's competitive. Um, so you want to you know, you know, when we get out of OKC, play better, dude. And he has the opportunity to. Um, Nerlens, same. Schroeder, God, like I don't even know for Schroeder. OKC may be stuck with Schroeder more than they are with CP3. But oh. these are all guys that, you know, they're on teams that are just on the cusp that maybe could use a little push like the Sixers or maybe like the Heat who are playing unbelievably well right now. Um, of course, then you go to the West, and there's just like a stack full of teams that could really do some damage with the Gallinari. Like, you look at, you look at the Lakers. Yeah. You look at the Lakers, you, you replace like Kuzma with Gallinari. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, uh, like – and you oh, just man. like you say, hey, is, we'll give you Gallinari yeah, for so like a draft pick as soon as LeBron retires, and you're like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Yeah, the problem is the Lakers don't have those draft picks because they gave them all up for Anthony Davis. I don't think they can trade a pick until 2028, yep. which legally they cannot trade right now. You can only trade picks out to Jeez. six years. Yeah. This, yeah, this is totally on the fly. I have no clue how the money would work or what it would look like, but. I think Gallo is interesting on a team like Dallas. They've got a bunch of young stars in Dallas. They don't have a a great veteran presence. I think if you put a guy like Gallo on the Mavericks um, and, and you play a small ball where you and put— And more space for Luka. Yeah, you put Porzingis. That's like the most you, unathletic you, team in the right. league. Yeah, but <laughs> they're, 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 they're— Their offense is, is crazy good, and if you, if you close <laughs> out a game with a small ball lineup with Porzingis at the five, Gallo at the four— Luca point another score and Tim Hardaway at the two because they've been having a lot of success with him. LeBron and AD is going to kill. That I, team. I think I think so that team is going to kill that team. I mean, they didn't today. Kawhi and PG are going to kill that team. They their mentality right now is outscore everybody, and that's what they're doing. And I think a guy like Gallinari with with another scoring punch for them, spacing that floor. I don't know how you guard that team offensively. I think Gallinari Eventually, in Dallas makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. I think you guys have mentioned it. Gallinari in New Orleans makes sense in a lot of different places. Like, I can find a lot of teams to trade Nerlens Noel or Danilo Gallinari to. One interesting one, and I don't know, just just reaching here, the Orlando Magic, they've struggled a little bit early on this season. 
Uh, they're three games below 500. Atlanta's they're they're hanging on to the eighth seed in the That's East. Funny. And then now it comes out that uh, Chief Alfaruk Aminu is, has a torn meniscus and may have to have surgery and be out for a couple of months, right? And, and I don't know if they can survive another blow uh, injury-wise to their team. So I wonder if they would be interested in a guy like Schroeder just to come off the bench and score for them because they struggle scoring the ball. You know, so th- that's an interesting place where I think somebody might fit. I've I've tried and tried and tried to make it work. I don't know how you make it work, but Philly just has nobody at the backup point guard position. Yes, exactly. Philly and Orlando were my two for sure as well. Um, Marco Fultz has been better, but he's just still not a distributor or ball handler. Like they really could benefit having a guy like Shooter, I think, playing uh, the Mansa. He's playing for OKC, and then you're exactly right with, with yep, I, yeah. I think I think Markel is an off the ball kind of guy. What about what if what if Philly's just like screw it, like this isn't working with Ben and and Joel? Let's split them up, and they swing for the fences and and trade for CP3. I mean, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I just like. I, I'm trying to think of like a like a pure point guard like Chris Paul playing. I, playing Did you guys see Joel that clip like of Vincent Joel Simmons, the other example, day where just, like he wasn't even jogging; he was like slowly walking up the court in like the middle of the third quarter. It was embarrassing. No, like, I didn't that, see that dude kind of just looks like he doesn't give a crap right Ugh. now. It's not the playoffs. I think yep. Nerlens makes sense in uh, in Detroit as a backup big man behind Andre Drummond because they don't really have a backup big behind Andre Drummond in Detroit. Detroit. A lot of what people thought they Detroit? could do what? What are you, you going to get from Detroit? Can you get a future pick from them? Can I mean, if you can send them Nerlens for nothing in return, get that money off the books because you can trade Nerlens like that since he's a minimum contract and bring back even if it's a second round pick. Yep. Uh, and and would just, you trade Nerlens for a second round pick? I think they'd consider if they could get a pick and it got them underneath the salary or the the luxury tax. I mean, wow. the thing with with Nerlens for a lot of teams is going to be. You got to look at him as a short-term option. He's a guy that obviously is a is in a one-year deal on a minimum, and he has so, uh, no trade. He he can veto any trade, right? So so for a team that's looking for a permanent backup center, he may not be the guy because I think he could have this summer. I don't know why he didn't. He could have demanded more money and got more money elsewhere. I'm wondering if teams look at him as more of uh, kind of like an Enos Cantor last season as a. This guy is gonna to, kind of like Gallinari. Some of these other guys are gonna be a a push in the playoffs, not necessarily a long term option, which may limit his tradeability. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I don't know. It, it's interesting. But seeing a guy like like Nerlens on like the Clippers or, and I guess the Lakers not as much anymore. Not Dwight Howard's had like this reemergence, but um, I always thought the Clippers would be a good place. Yeah, for he makes a little bit of sense there. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I think those are probably the the four most most gettable guys on this roster. Would you guys agree with that? Or would you take somebody out yeah, and put no, somebody else in? If you had to make a top four of players that are m- most available in Oklahoma City. Oh, man. Um, yeah, like I, not even in order. One. I just think Gallo, right. Schroeder, think... CP3, and oh, okay, Nerlens yeah. are probably the top four there. And Nerlens. Also, I still keep thinking about CP3 too. That'd be fun. Milwaukee. Giannis, Giannis is freaking good, man. Giannis is yep. freaking good. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, coming up this next week for the Thunder, uh, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts real quick on the upcoming schedule. They have a rematch with the Pacers 
here in the peak in Oklahoma City on Wednesday. They play the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday, and then they're back up at the Moda Center against the Blazers where they got their brains beat in earlier this week on Sunday. Uh, so three games. If you guys had to make a guess on record, what are you going with? I like two and one. Oh. I'm, I'm a little, little right. I'm one and two for whatever reason. I think I'm going one and two as well. I don't know which one they'll win. I think they'll they'll steal one of those three, um, but those three teams are playing pretty good right now. So I w- I would go one and one and two. Yeah, true. Zero and three. Tank, true. tank, tank. I'm here tank. for it. Give me tank, all the tank, losses. Tank. I think people picks. like are genuinely like angry at me sometimes because I want this team to lose so much. I want them to lose so they can be good. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to lose because I've watched right, Anthony exactly. Edwards Frank's highlights. Period. And I just think so true. That guy's Man, built like a so Mack good. truck. It's incredible. Um, he's so yep. built and so big that I bet at like the age of ten he had to shave. You, what type of razor I would bet he use? He did. <laughs> well, I've got a, a good recommendation for him. And others, guys. It's the the first of December, and I guess by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be the second of December, which means no shade November's over. But it also oh, means that say the holidays no are coming up as November well. November was also. Are over. you look? <laughs> no, that, that's a that's a different sponsor. Do we have the uh, what's um, <laughs> the other sponsor that we have? Okay, I this was making the joke station. about the boner. You guys pills, are but... like ruining the ad read. They sent us guidelines on how to do this. <laughs> That's true. But if any of you are looking for a gift for someone in your life, you know, usually for guys, it's hard to get them things. So you get them socks or just boring clothing. Well, Harry's is a gift that gets both thoughtful and practical. Or it's a practical and thoughtful idea. Listeners of the show can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash blue wire. Free shipping ends on December 16th. So act now. It's a great deal for you and your and whoever you're buying it for with holiday sets starting at just $20, and that's within the Secret Santa limits as well. And Harry's Blades refills are as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time, or you, if you are buying them for yourself. It comes ready to gift in a handsome holiday gift box, and your gift gives back. 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations. As a special offer for fans of The Uncontested, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com bluewire. Plus, you get free shipping. Each Harry shaving set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave, five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect to protect your blades, and it, they are all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. All right, gentlemen, we're done with Thunder Talk. It's time to take a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at, but- oh god i almost fell back in my chair and died were you was it because you were air drumming to the song <laughs> i was gonna say i heard calm you are <laughs> I was I was leaning back in my chair. And I almost too much lean, dust. man. Uh-huh. It'll do that to you. God, <laughs> almost lost calm. That'd been a good podcast. Podcast. 
<laughs> so around dead, the association, <laughs> around the association, <laughs> let's start by talking. We already mm. me- kind of mentioned his name earlier. Uh, it's hard to not mention this guy's name when you talk about the NBA. Luka Doncic. He's pretty damn good, guys. Luka Doncic. Lu- yeah, as as Michael he Cage would say, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Even after he gets corrected Doncic. multiple times on air, he still calls him Luka Doncic. This dude is playing out of his freaking mind. <laughs> like, does it blow your guys' mind that, what was it, two players went ahead of him in last year's draft? Yeah. Yeah, and two, yeah, they both pass up on him, and he got traded for Trey Young. Like, it's just, Trust me, just living, living in Dallas, I hear this all the time. It's incredible that people passed on him. <laughs> to quote on Andre Iguodala, mom's good. <laughs> I remember that. That was incredible. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. He has a very yep, yeah, uh, attractive mother. Oh, but so he averaged a thirty-point triple double in November, and was only the third player, I believe, to do that, other than yep, Oscar the, and Russ on the season. For thirty-one points, nine point six assists, nine point nine rebounds, uh, one and a half steals. Triple doubles are overrated, guys. Yeah, but whenever whenever Russell Westbrook stats. had triple doubles, <laughs> it was detrimental to the team, even though they won over seventy five percent of the time. Yep, meaningless stat, stat pattern. pattern. Celebrated. Yeah, meaningless stats, empty numbers. Yeah, he's uh, he's been freaking impressive. Um, if you guys had to had to guess right now, if they gave out the MVP, would it go to Doncic? No. No, no, so. he no. He's going to have right now. Him and, him and Giannis are going to take over the league at some point, but for right now I think there's a couple other guys that deserve it over him. As of now, that could change. He could continue to improve and, and get even better, but I don't know. It's it's tough. If, yeah, if, the, Mavs end up as the, if the Mavs end up like a like two as seed, right now. maybe, but I don't see them giving an MVP to a guy that – takes his team to a, a five or six when there's going to be guys like Giannis in the East that are maybe taking his team to a number one seed. They gave the MVP to Russ when they were like seventh. Yep. So. But that was whenever the triple-double was yeah, less true. common. Hey, I'm saying give the Dagum MVP to Pascal Oh, I was about Siakam. to say, are you going to go with the Royce Young hot takes? Siakam. Siakam. Yeah. Y'all I doubted to Toronto, and I was the hey. only one rider dying for the North. <laughs> they You're beat right. the Breaks off right. of That's Utah true. today. Yeah, yeah. Toronto there Night you Life go. is undefeated, right? <laughs> we the no, North look phenomenal. Well, he's speaking had a of great season, and he's done that without Kyle Lowry and I guess Surge for yep. a majority speaking of, that of as well, MVP candidates. Nick, <laughs> would you like to talk about a certain player in Portland? Yeah, so everybody, and yes, it's early. They've played some bad teams since acquiring him. But I think all of you have to admit that Melo has looked pretty nice for the Portland Trailblazers. Isn't it weird that for that one night, he was what OKC wanted at Danilo Gallinari, and Danilo Gallinari played like vintage Melo in OKC? Yep. It was it's a like, role reversal. Yeah, they yeah it was switched. like... Carmelo yep. brought that that ball from Space Jam and sucked all of Danilo Gallinari's talent out of it and used it for that night, but has been just using it ever since. He's been good. I mean, they they played the Bulls twice. They played the Thunder, 
And so there's not a lot going on there, but, um, you know, I, the, okay, it's not like OKC got Shea or Dennis switched onto him every time and just killed him in the paint every time. I think that you might see that this next time around. Yeah. Well, here's here's my thing too, and and I'll stop talking about my life after this. But three three <laughs> wins. Fall against? Uh, yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> three <laughs> wins. <laughs> three wins against teams yeah. that they should have beat regardless. I mean, in an 82 game season, three wins can be the difference in seeding down the stretch. Oh, so yeah. I think that, and, and of course, I mean, it, it's still early. There's going to be games where where Melo goes off later on in the season as well. Even if Melo gets you. Six, seven, eight wins where he was, you know, one of the determining factors having good games. Of course, he's going to have some bad games as well. But if, if, if come playoff time, we say, you know what, six or seven of Portland's wins this season were a product of Melo having an efficient night, I think that's a win. Yeah, he's 17.7 points a game on about 15 shots a game. So he's positive in that aspect, which I did not think would happen. Uh, six rebounds, two assists. Yep. Shooting thirty-seven percent from three, fifty uh, percent from two. He's been good. Like I, I gotta give it up. I'll, I'll eat my crow. I talked all that trash on Melo. He's been good so far. He's also averaging thirty-one <laughs> minutes a game, which is really surprising. Wow, yeah. he's oh, that's, fat. That's no. pretty crazy. Let me tell you, my f- absolute favorite thing from that Thunder Portland game though was when Chris Paul pulled the chair on Melo. And he took like seven steps yes, and then yelled at the ref. That was great. Oh man, that was good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. He's been good so far. Uh, Is he? To me, he's a stopgap. He like if they are going to start mellow the rest of the season into the playoffs, you're not going to get where you want to go. Uh, I think he's a stopgap, and and he's doing well at that right now. I think once they're healthy, they should make a trade for a Danilo Gallinari type of player and play mellow off the bench uh, or something like that. I, I don't think if, if you want to play 35 year old mellow 31 minutes a game, I don't think you're going to get where you want to go. But in, in the role that he's being asked to no. fill right now, he's doing well at that. So I got to I got to give it up to him for that. I don't have, I don't have the stat line brought up, but it just like really stuck out to me. One of those games last week, he, he set a new career high for efficiency for him. And it wasn't anything it was against just like the Thunder. insane, yes. but like the fact that he's played, oh yeah, <laughs> it was against us, of course. Um, the fact that over his entire career, he had never had at least an as efficient game as that, like it's just wild to me. He just he's always been known as a as a guy who puts up shots. Hey, like, Pete, just, you want me to come off the know, bench? Kind of took me back. <laughs> Which will be interesting whenever uh, whenever definitely. Blazers do get um, Okay, let's move on. Our last thing around the association, we're going to do a, uh, I don't know what we want to call this, just a trade machine. We're going to trade a player. We've done this with a few Thunder players. Is this our first time this year doing it with a non-Thunder player? I don't know. I feel like it is. It might be. I don't know. Oh, well, I got to play the trade sounder. Such a good sounder. We are going to trade away <laughs> from the reeling 
San Antonio Spurs, who told you they wouldn't make the playoffs, got told there, you guys, and you didn't believe me then. Blow I it up. They got the crap kicked out of them by Detroit today, who's not very good. We're going to really? trade away DeMar DeRozan from the San Antonio Spurs to another team. So I have four possible trades here. I'm going to give you guys a trade. You discuss it. Um, my Maybe my favorite three words on Twitter, who says no? So we'll get, I'm going to give no. you guys a trade scenario, including DeMar DeRozan. You guys tell me who says no, uh, discuss it, and then after we go through all four, we'll decide which trade package is the best. So let's start trading DeRozan to a Western Conference foe, the Minnesota Timberwolves. This deal would send DeRozan to the Wolves in return for the expiring contract of Jeff Teague and Wolves rookie from Texas Tech, so he'd be kind of close to home, Jarrett Culver. What are your thoughts? That's interesting. Um, I don't think Minnesota's ready to give up Culver yet, though. Like, If they did something like that, I think it'd have to be more of like a Bradley Bill than a DeRozan. You know, or even like Anthony Davis back last year. I don't see them giving up on. I, I've, uh, you know, I was kind of in the same boat. I've talked to several guys that are Timberwolves guys, um, a couple of them in the media, and they said that a lot of fans are kind of thumbs down on Culver. He's got kind of a, a, a weird jump shot that they think at some point they're going to have to fix, which is never a good thing. I think that for how high they picked him and they actually had the trade up to get him so far, they've been kind of disappointed and it's been a long time since the wolves have been a true contender. They made the playoffs in the last couple of years, of course, but, um, I, I don't know if they would say no to this just because they like to win now. And, and I think DeRozan would kind of put them at that next level alongside Wiggins. Who's playing well, as well as Carl Anthony towns, who's had, you know, as the best year of his career. He's, um, from the three-point line, you know, not even looking at centers, looking at everybody, he's among the league's best when it comes to how many attempts he's putting up and, and the percentage they're going in. So I, I think this would be super interesting. All right, next trade. We are sending DeMar DeRozan to the title contenders, Milwaukee Bucks, in return for Urson Ilyasova, Eric Bledsoe, and Pat Connaughton. What are your thoughts? I mean, any help for Giannis, I think, is is huge. Um, they'd be really interesting playing together. I'd be curious to see it, but I don't see why San Antonio would do that deal. I agree. They'd have you know? to get a they'd have to get a pick of some sort. I, I with with the young point guards they have, yep. I, I I don't see why Bledsoe is super intriguing to them. Um, but I think if you throw in know a young guy or a future pick they might be somewhat interested but for the guys that milwaukee'd be sending over i don't see any of them fitting what the spurs are trying to do short term or long term yeah i don't know who whoever put that trade up there sucks that doesn't make any sort of sense i mean like <laughs> the bucks already have trouble outside shooting you're gonna take away Ilya sova and Connaughton and give them a derozan who the hell does that not me Next one, we are sending DeMar DeRozan again to the Eastern Conference, this time to the struggling Detroit Pistons in return for the expiring contract of Reggie Jackson, 
um, young big man who has not played good in Detroit, Thon Maker, and rookie wing Seku Demboya. Ooh, I, I think like it's that. pretty interesting, right there. I think uh, you know the young asset you're getting there is is intriguing. Ah, that's that's. That why could be something. Detroit, but, but why does Detroit <laughs> even do that? They have Blake Griffin, who's always hurt, and like the man, basically, like from the from the waist down is a train wreck. And then you have a guy that only shoots mid range. Yeah, it, they'd have to be in the mindset of win now, kind of like we talked about earlier with Minnesota. Like they they would just instead of like moving towards a rebuild or kind of a reposition, I guess to use. Pressy's terms. Um, I think well, they repositioning them, them to the freaking not court. make the playoffs and have contracts left over sounds like a bad plan. Yeah. Yeah. And then our last one. Yeah, they. We have, have Demar Derozan play. going to the Western Conference um, Phoenix Suns in return for Tyler Johnson, who is on an expiring deal uh, that's mainly just for salary matching purposes, and also. Mikhail Bridges, who has struggled a little bit in Phoenix this year, but still a lot of upside as kind of a 3-and-D type wing uh, who is pretty young. I like Michael Bridges. Mikhail, sorry. I like Mikhail Bridges in San Antonio. Um, it makes sense, but DeMar DeRozan doesn't make any sense in the Suns. Again, like we talk about DeMar DeRozan. The man is just playing in the NBA at literally the wrong decade. Um, it, it, he doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of teams. <laughs> True. And uh, like, what makes? Like, I mean, Giannis is fine, but that's because Giannis is like a seven foot five freaking wingspan. And he can get to the rim from the three point line in two steps, whereas you know DeRozan, he can't do that. So guys that don't have a mid range game, um, they you know the, the modern NBA is three or at the rim. And DeRozan, he can get to the rim, uh, but he cannot shoot a three. So, like, he's going to be a guy that you you might pair Jimmy Butler because he can play tough defense and he can ball handle, but Jimmy can also shoot threes. So, like, he anywhere you trade him, he has he can't be, like, a, a top player. He's going to have to be, like, a Pippen to somebody or he's going to have to be a third option. He's just on the downslide of his career and he doesn't have a three-point shooting game and he's just playing in the NBA at the wrong time. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But if you had to choose, if if you're the Spurs and you have to trade DeRozan, you have these four options, which were the Wolves, the Bucks, the Pistons, or that Suns offer, uh, which one collectively, you three being the brain trust of the Spurs, which offer would you take? I think I like that Pistons trade. Oh, I'm man. taking the Suns trade. I think Bridges is probably the best, or, or in my opinion, the highest ceiling out of all those guys, and he plays defense and he's long. I think that he fits the San Antonio system. Sure. You're getting an ex, a, a fairly large expiring contract in that deal to free up some money this summer. Uh, you're getting younger. I think that that one makes the most sense for the Spurs. Yeah, to me, it's either Culver or Bridges. Uh, it's kind of tough be- because we don't really know what Culver has. Bridges, he has been in the Suns organization, which has been a collective dumpster fire until recently, so you can't really tell right now like how good or not good of a player he is, but we know like his potential is there. So t- to me, it's either between Minnesota or Phoenix because of Culver or Bridges. Nice. I like it. Well, let me tell you something. Wherever they ship DeMar DeRozan to, 
They should probably use ship station to get them there. Ship station. It's quick. It's efficient. It's affordable. Those are three words that I'm very big fan of. They will get your orders out the door to the best place uh, and the best times. ShipStation.com can help you with just a few clicks. You can print off your labels. Uh, you can manage all of your orders. You can track everything and have it all delivered by the holidays. If you sign up for ShipStation, you will get a 60-day free trial by using the promo code BLUE. That's B-L-U-E. Two months free. That gets you through Christmas, gets you through the new year. If you've got to send stuff uh, to Uncle Jimmy out there in California and Aunt Karen uh, down in Mississippi, you ship station. It'll get there on time. It'll save you money. It makes things quick and easy and efficient. So have a stress-free holiday. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click the microphone in the top right corner of the page. And type in the promo code BLUE. Again, that's shipstation.com. And enter the promo code BLUE. Maybe the Thunder need to use this promo code to ship off some of those veterans before the season ends. All right, guys. Before we get out of this podcast today, the new NBA City uniforms, the City Edition jerseys, they're all out. Uh, a a tweet has been posted of all of the team's city uniforms. We will retweet that so you guys can look at it whenever you listen to this part of the podcast. But I want to get your guys' feel on which one is the best, uh, which ones are bad. What what are your feelings on, on these city edition jerseys? I'll get us kick-started because... Uh, this is an easy one because all of NBA Twitter is talking about it. The Mavs have the ugliest city ad- edition jersey maybe in the history of NBA <laughs> so professional sports jerseys. These things look <laughs> awful. Cuban looked at that thing and was like, yep, looks good. <laughs> like, like, these yeah, my things are going to be on sale for 15 <laughs> bucks part. at Walmart in like a month. They're awful. They're so ugly. Straight out of Microsoft Paint. Holy crap, they're bad. But, I mean, really look bad. at the average really person in Dallas. No offense to Nick because he's not the average person in Dallas. But like, this is like <laughs> this is this is this jersey is targeted right at this demographic right here. Are you ready? I'm ready. People that wear this regular white long tube socks, not like any brand, just like off brand. Um, doesn't really matter what shoes as long as they're kind of like the same shoes they wore like two years ago. Jorts with a chain wallet and a wife beater underneath that Shorts. thing. That's who that target. Oh, they have, and they spike their hair with a really, really like, uh, like uh, kind of slick and like shiny hair gel. That's that's what they. That's the target audience right there. One hundred percent. You know what accurate. would really complete that stereotype? And people named Jimmy in particular. Is they, Jimmy. they have to have uh, the Dak Prescott jersey on uh, with the Cowboys hat. And then that completes the stereotype perfectly. Yeah. Don't tell yeah, me people I'm wrong. in Dallas. People in Dallas hate that jersey, so it's. Uh, I think it's definitely agreed upon, not only outside of Dallas but in Dallas as well. It's a bad one. Uh, for me, yeah. <laughs> and no offense to the troops, it's nothing <laughs> against, and nothing against. <laughs> 
camo. Nick hates America. <laughs> the Spurs jerseys, and they always do it. Just the camo as a, as a basketball He's jersey. Just just black and white camo. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. It's, it doesn't look good. I just. They're bad. It confuses it. the defense. Yeah. It confuses the defenses because they don't. They just see a moving ball. It's really Jeez. confusing. They see a ball in a head. They can't see them. Yeah. On the flip side, I think Miami's are super, super fresh. I like. Yeah. I like Miami's jersey. Yes. My Miami favorite one is so the one nice. sponsored by Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, Cream City. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sacktown. <laughs> Both of them oh, yeah, are. That too. Man, the, these Detroit Motor City jerseys. Uh, look like somebody was playing for like FC Barcelona and then decided to wear their jersey and went and raced NASCAR instead. <laughs> the Cleveland jersey, you guys remember like when you were kids and you go like those machines so and you put two quarters in, you get like this little like rubber hand that you would just like fling on things and it would stick to like windows. The Cleveland oh, yeah, jersey, sticks, yeah, the yeah, C yeah. on that yeah. jersey looks exactly like one of those like little like sticky things that you'd fling does, on something like a, like, a, like a foot. That's really funny. I actually like that and colorway, though. The Clippers that, jerseys remind funny. me of um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yes, 100%. That's exactly uh, what I, I don't like the Boston Grand ones. I, Why? I hate Do you Boston guys hate ones. Irish heritage? Ugh. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> At least I don't hate the troops, all right? I just hate that font and that lettering. <laughs> I like the peach tree like hoops the, the one is cool. Um, Isn't peach tree so like a, those are pretty, pretty sweet. a paycheck advancement service? That's Paycom. I'm pretty. I have no, idea. no. Huh. I'm pretty sure peach tree is like oh, a, yeah. a like a payment advancement service. Oh. I'm googling it right now while you guys are talking. Uh, I love the Oklahoma City ones. They're like trying yep. to be unbiased. Oklahoma, like Oklahoma City ones are right one of my favorites in the league for this year. Um, I don't like the Minnesota ones. Yeah, I don't like those either. Yeah, like, what I, what, the all blue. I think too much. I also i i love i love the Rip City, the Blazers, uh, Blazers. Yeah, City, Peach the, Tree the, the Financial sharp, Solutions. Get your really lump sharp. sum now. Bang, 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 it's bang, my bang. money, and up. I want oh, it now. They should be okay. sponsored what by JG Wentworth. Eight seven seven Cash Now. JG Wentworth. Eight seven seven Cash Now. What I think is super weird on the Thunder uniforms, and I, I love them, but in the like official images that were tweeted out of all the jerseys, they've got the Oklahoma City ones with orange accessories, which yeah, I think is disgusting. super yeah, weird. Doesn't really fit. Uh, if they had gold, yeah, I think gold accessories or white. or white accessories even, but I orange, think gold accessories. Fit. Except if so you're Stephen Adams or like Abdul Nader, you should wear black accessories. Why? I love because the Toronto the ones oh, yeah. too. The um, black and gold Toronto ones, um, yeah, are incredibly clean. They are incredibly yeah, clean. Yeah, those Toronto ones are cool. Also, I I tweeted uh, Justin about that earlier today about the orange accessories, and he told me so. These come these images come from uh, Locker Vision, I believe, is the site, and um, and Justin pulled it up, and he said for each individual game. They have the white accessories with the OKC's City Edition, so and they look pretty good. But it would be well really if you look at if you look at the the Warriors City Edition, they've got these nice gold. They're not they're not yellow. They're they're a true gold yeah. almost looking color, different than like the Pacers accessories. Yeah. And I think those would look really really nice like with yeah. with the Thunder's jerseys. Every alternate Warriors jersey looks the same. Mm-hmm. That's so true. It has, it's always yeah, the, the town, and it has that same damn tree on it that Dame has tattooed on him. 
like so that, that, that's all it is and it's just like a different color with that same emblem on it whereas like okc you had their city jerseys last year like that were a tribute to native american heritage which i think sucks that they went away and then this year's this year's city edition is of course about the memorial which is really cool so like okc's had some really like intriguing things that fans would want to buy yeah, or really fans meaningful. intrigued by and then you have San Francisco right. and like other teams just like being like H Town. Look at this! Like it's so stupid. Like I think do I something think it, meaningful. It'd be cool to have next year the the Thunder have something that said Loud City. I think that'd be super cool. But I've, yes, my biggest I've thing for, with these city editions, black if you look at every Lakers jersey ever. It's the exact same. It's the yep. same thing. It's very mm-hmm. uh, yep. boring. It's like they don't want to branch out from yep. the brand. I mean, like, but what what, what would be meaningful really like to too. Los Angeles that the Clippers couldn't already claim? Like, the Lakers are a franchise that came from Minnesota because of the lakes. Yep. So what what about what is unique about Los Angeles that they could put about it in their city edition? Like that's been like awesome. I want a Lakers NWA jersey. Traffic. Being stuck in yes, traffic for two hours, just cars sweet. all over the jerseys. Traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like but, but the Clippers like the Clippers had didn't they not have a graffiti artist do that? Yeah, or they they like hired that? like a local graffiti artist, which was kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Lakers could do something with Hollywood. I mean, literally in their yeah. backyard. What would they do? Go off the Hollywood thing. Stars, walk of walk of fame <laughs> yeah, yeah. with like guys Stars. passing out the remix tapes. <laughs> is I've there, been there? It sucks. <laughs> is there something about these uniforms? If you look yeah. at them, a lot of these like stock images. A lot of them are number forty-six, and then some of the other jerseys stock images have other numbers, like Cleveland's fifty, Dallas is number one, uh, Lakers are thirty-four. I'm wondering if there's oh, a meaning weird. behind that. Yeah, PDX huh. is seventy. Yeah, Blazers. I wish 70, they would do the stock number at 69 for all of them personally. Okay, <laughs> they'd be really nice jerseys. Um, all right, so nice. give me your your top alternate jersey in the league before we close this podcast out. Oh god, Miami. Oh god, mine's Miami also. Oh god, make a decision. Oh god, <laughs> you know what? I really do like, and I know it's basically the same one as last year. I really like Utah's. Yeah, well, Utah's is the same ever since they started yeah. making the the. I really like Utah's. S- the they city editions. Nice. I'm gonna go Toronto. I love the black and gold look. It's a good look. I'm a yeah. fan. Ten of ten would wear. Get me a Pascal Siakam one that says MVP on the back. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. We really, really appreciate you guys since the season has started. Our downloads, our our stats, everything has started to take off, and that is all thanks to you guys. We are super thankful that you enjoy listening to us and you interact with us, and, and you guys check out the pod even when the team is down. So thank you so much. If this is your first time checking us out, make sure you go subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. That way, they're automatically downloading to your device. You can get them as soon as they drop. We have a podcast for you guys every Monday morning and then after every single Thunder game. So we will be back with you guys three times this week before we talk to you again. So make sure that you are subscribed. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're also at bluewirepods.com. That's all I got. Go follow these guys on Twitter. Kamiar, Taylor, Nick, myself. Uh, I've shouted out their Twitter handles enough. You guys should know them by now. 
and have a great beginning of your week. Everyone's back to work after the Thanksgiving break. So enjoy that. Have a good Monday. We will talk to you guys again Wednesday night after the Thunder have their rematch with the Indiana Pacers. Thunder up. My leg is bleeding. My leg is bleeding. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.